Welcome to the Couples Healing Podcast, where you'll get the tools for him to overcome his addiction, for her to find healing from the pain that it causes her, and for you to heal your relationship and come back together. I hope that you enjoy and subscribe. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode. I'm happy to be here with you today, and I want to share with you a very, very powerful tool that's been so transformative in my own life and in the lives of the clients that I work with. And it's like one of these, it's it's a very high leverage activity, meaning it doesn't take much energy or effort to do the activity, to implement this tool, but the return is enormous. And so I want to share with you this, just kind of introduce this idea to you through a story of I was working with somebody a couple of weeks, uh, no, it's been a couple of months now. He was telling me about he had just recently had a slip. And the situation was that him and his girlfriend, they lived together and she had to leave because of a family emergency. He got very, very stressed out because she, he didn't know what was going on. He didn't know if the, like, things were going to be bad, if, it's gonna, if it was going to impact the health of the family member of his girlfriend. He didn't know. He, he just got overwhelmed with the idea that things could be bad. I don't want something bad to happen to her family. I care about her. I know she's hurting. And so what happened was because of his overwhelm, because of the stress that he felt, he ended up slipping back into the old patterns, back into the addiction, and it devastated her because of course, naturally, when she goes to take care of a family emergency or leaves the house at all, it makes her it made her start to think that it, no matter what happens, if I'm not constantly watching him, or if I'm not, if there's not some kind of a, a like surveillance or supervision, or if I'm not always checking up on him, he's going to slip. When I leave the house, he's going to make a decision that's going to dis- like continue to affect our relationship negatively. And I can't stand how that feels. So she got anxious and upset. And understandably so, there was, again, no trust in the relationship. So as I was talking to him about this, whenever I work with clients, when there, whenever there's a slip, I'm always trying to identify what was the specific thing that caused it to happen. One of the episodes previously, I talk about the five pillars of being able to overcome the addiction. And so I'm always looking on each. If you listen to the episode, there's three levels on which a slip occurs. Number one, it's the deep programming subconscious like belief level. In other words, how does somebody see themselves if they carry a lot of shame, if they feel like they're not good enough, if there's uh, challenges on that level or negative ways of thinking and believing things about themselves, then there's going to be slips there because they're trying to overcome or rather they're trying to distract themselves from how bad it feels to feel like they're unworthy or not enough or like a failure. The next level is not being able to process their emotions in a healthy way. If we're feeling sad or overwhelmed or stressed, we need a different way to handle that instead of turning back to the addiction. And then the last level is like a behavioral level, whereas it's it's more of a habit. There are certain environmental triggers or cues that push people into that direction. And then the habit takes over and then just kind of on autopilot, they find themselves back into the addiction. So I'm always identifying and trying to understand, okay, where is somebody struggling so we can put that tool in place, whatever the tool might be, depending on the level to completely overcome this problem altogether because those are the three levels on which it occurs and some people have good habits in place but the deeper underlying things are what pull them back into the addiction or sometimes people don't have any good habits but they have all the other things in place so it's all just kind of a 
a process of identifying what it is and where people are struggling. And so as I was meeting with him, I was doing that process of, okay, let's figure this out. And then I'm asking him a bunch of questions to try to isolate what caused this. And he was telling me that it was stress, right? I guess I kind of already shared with you exactly what it was, right? He comes in and says, I was stressed, I slipped. And so then I'm asking him a bunch of questions about the stress. Well, what specifically are you talking? Like, what are you saying to yourself in your mind? What are you feeling in those moments? And through that exploration, that's when he was able to discover I was really scared. Like, yes, stress is it's a very high level way to describe things. We need to get into the details. So underneath the stress was fear that something very, very negative or bad was going to happen to his girlfriend's family, his, her dad, or her, her dad was struggling with some health challenges. So he was scared for her. He was scared for him and the family and knew she was going through a hard time. And so just this like feeling of fear and powerlessness felt so overwhelming for him that he distracted himself using, uh, he made a decision that of course doesn't, it's not productive. It didn't help him, but it was a way to distract from how bad he felt. Now, he didn't realize it at the time that that's what he was feeling. He felt just on a higher level, I feel stressed. It kind of triggered this automatic response. Okay, when I feel stressed, I'm going to do this behavior. And then he found himself struggling and slipping. And so the thing that I shared with him is I I wanted to share with him a tool that I want to just share with you guys as well that's so powerful to help people center and to avoid or rather process through triggers, whether this is triggers for the addiction, whether it's triggers for trauma that she's going through, whether it's fears or insecurities that come up, I wanna share with you the key thing that you can do so you can implement this whenever you start to feel like you're struggling. And so I talked to him about this idea of meditation or mindfulness. And sometimes when I say this, so before I lose you, right, sometimes people hear meditation and immediately they're like, oh, I've already heard about that or mindfulness. Ah, that's kind of a buzzword or I can't, I'm, I'm not a meditator because my mind races too much. So I can't really not think about things. So before I lose you, because this is such a critical skill, it will help you literally in any area of your life. And by mastering your ability to, so let me, I guess, define this a little bit more. Meditation is an exercise that you do and it's training you to be mindful or another word for mindful is be present. So meditation is the exercise that trains you how to be present with what's going on for you emotionally or physically or in the moment, whatever's happening in that precise moment. So often we get lost in thought. I remember listening to a TED talk And the speaker said that the number one thing that contributes to unhappiness is being lost in thought. And as he went on to explain that when we're lost in thought, we're usually thinking of negative things or things that are worrying us or stressing us out or things we have no control over, things that we're depressed about, things we wish we could undo from the past, stuff that we're concerned about in the future. He said, when we're thinking of these things, we're not in the present Therefore, we're experiencing these negative emotions because of these negative thought patterns. Our thoughts are so powerful. And just by thinking a thought, we can feel an emotion. And I'm sure you have recognized this in your own life as you listen to this. If you think about a past injustice and you sit there and put yourself back in that moment, you're going to feel a feeling of anger and resentment and frustration and any other feeling that's connected to that thought pattern. 
The same thing is true if you think about a moment when you got really lucky or you were very blessed and you can experience a feeling of gratitude by thinking about how in a specific moment your life was blessed by someone or something. So as this presenter on this TED Talk talked about our thoughts have so much influence over how how we feel, then he developed an app called Headspace, which is a 10-minute a day. It's a 10-minute mindfulness meditation training, where in other words, it teaches you the skill of being present. And so what I shared with my client, going back to my story with him, I said I, I shared with him that I had learned this, I had I, I read this quote, or I heard it from a client first and then I looked it up. He was a concert pianist, apparently just fantastic. When it, came to the, when it came to the piano. He was very, very skilled, very practiced. He'd spend hours a day working on the songs that he was practicing for that particular recital or concert. And what he, what he told me stuck with me. He says that we do not rise to the level of our expectations. We fall to the level of our training. I loved that, and I think it's so powerful, and it's true. Sometimes we have the best expectations or we anticipate good things happening or we anticipate what we'll do when we're triggered or we think about like well I have a plan to do this thing or this is the way that I want this to go and the reality is that if we have not trained ourselves so that it's automatic that we do that thing we're going to fall to the level of our training or whatever our conditioning is whatever our level or our skill set is in that particular moment and so as I shared that with my client that struck a chord with him that he, he said, he's like, that really, really speaks to me. And I said, this practice of meditation will train you to notice how you're feeling in the moment so you don't get swept up and lost in this train of thought because that's what happens when we think about these thoughts that what could go wrong and somebody else is having a hard time and I can't do anything about this and now I'm stressing for them. It wraps us up in this negative state because of the things that we're thinking about. So meditation is the practice. It's the, it's like the train. I think again, like if you're learning a sport or learning how to ride a bike, you get on the bike and you practice. Meditation is the practice or the exercise that trains you to be present in the moment. So you're not wrapped up in thought and lost contributing to your own unhappiness through having negative thoughts. And our brain always thinks about negative things. Well, always is too strong of a word, but it it frequently thinks about negative things because it's wired to look for the threats. In other words, our brain is, the default of the brain is, our, its number one job is to keep us alive. And how does it do that? It pays attention to danger. It pays attention to threats. And so we're not running away from saber-toothed tigers anymore. The dangers nowadays for most people, it's more on like a social or an emotional level. Hey, do I fit in with this group? Hey, I failed here. Now everybody's going to think I'm a loser. Nobody's going to love me. I made a mistake here. Ah, like I just feel like I'm unworthy and somebody else is going to find out about this and they're not going to want to be around me. We have these, those are just a, a couple examples, but there are so many things that we think about nowadays that contribute to these negative states that we experience. And so for him, I shared with him this idea that when you practice being present with how you feel, you'll much more clearly be able to identify what those feelings are so that then you can take an action 
to get the need met in the moment. Emotion, I remember being at a, a conference once and the trainer said that emotions are never wrong. He said they are never wrong. Emotions are just a message from our body letting us know what's going on or what we need. And so if somebody feels anxious or if somebody feels anxious or insecure, the need is to feel secure or to get comfort or reassurance. If somebody's feeling depressed because they don't feel like they're worthy, the need is reassurance and acceptance. So you think about any emotion that we experience, anger, right? If we feel a sense of anger, usually it's because a boundary was crossed. So it's the need, so anger is like a response to try to protect us. So you can pick out any emotion and it's just a signal or a message to us from our body letting us know what we need in that moment or letting us know what's happening for us based on the present experience. And so unless you can recognize those messages, you're going to just operate on autopilot and find yourself doing things that you otherwise wouldn't do if you knew what was going on for you on the inside. So this is where I shared with him, the more you can train yourself to be present, you'll be able to recognize, hey, I feel scared right now. I feel nervous about the situation. And for him, what he wanted to do, I said, okay, so now that you know that you were feeling afraid or uncertain, what would you have wanted to do instead? He's like, I wish I would have just called her. I wish I would have told her that I was just feeling unsettled about what was going on and that you were thinking that I was thinking about her and my thoughts and my prayers with her. I just wanted her to know that like, I'm here to do whatever I can, but I'm scared too. And I'm here to like, I'm here to be here. I, I want to be there with you. And so just by practicing this skill of being present, when the moment shows up, again, we always fall to the level of our training. And so if we've developed the skill of knowing how to be present with what's going on, we can much more easily recognize what messages our body is sending to us so we can then do something about it that will actually resolve or get our need met based on the feeling that we have. There was another researcher that I was reading about. She produced this article and she said she's from, she's a neuroanatomist from Harvard. And she said, her name is Dr. Jill Bolt Taylor. She said that emotions only last for 90 seconds in the body because the brain produces a chemical that creates a reaction in the body, which is what we call a feeling, right? It's a message. She said that emotions only last for about 90 seconds in the body. Then she went on to explain that when we feel emotion for longer than 90 seconds is because our thoughts are perpetuating the feeling. And so instead of, so let me give you maybe a more concrete example. So again, if I go back to this, if I, if I had a, an injustice from the past and somebody wronged me or I got my feelings hurt, if I think about that event and I put myself back there, I'm going to re-experience those emotions. Our brain is so powerful. It's the, it's the, we're the only creature on earth who can think a thought and get angry or who can think a thought and get happy or sad or grateful. It's so powerful because we can visualize things in a way that other animals or creatures or, or beings cannot. So she said that when you experience emotion for more than 90 seconds, it's because your thoughts are perpetuating that feeling. So if I think about this previous hurt where somebody said a hurtful comment to me, let's say, and then I replay that comment in my mind and then I start to feel sad and then I start to get angry. And then I start to think about all the ways that I wish I would have responded in that, in that moment. 
And then I get even more upset. And then I tell myself, that guy is such a jerk. I don't even want to be around him anymore. And then I just loop over and over and over again. What's happening is that my brain is continuing to dump those chemicals or this, this have this reaction. It produces a reaction that continues to feed that feeling of anger. The skill to be able to notice when you're thinking a thought and redirect your thought, redirect your focus rather. Let me take a step back. The skill is to be able to notice when you're thinking a thought and then redirect your attention from your thought back to your body and just notice what is it like in your body when you feel that sensation. So for me, if I feel anger, there's usually like tension in my chest. There's like a warmth or like a a heat rather in my body. And my skin might become a little more flush, right? That's the experience of anger. If I direct my attention to my thoughts, then I'm going to fall down this rabbit hole of thinking all these negative things, which produces more anger. But the skill, or the rather the practice of meditation will teach you how to redirect your attention from your thoughts to your body, which will then help you to center and to stabilize and to ground yourself in a way that is so difficult to do without knowing what's going on. Like if you don't know, if you you just follow the thoughts and you get lost in those, again, the chemical is that the reaction is continuing to be produced in the body which when you feel these overwhelming thoughts, this is oftentimes when we get triggered. And when I say trigger, it could be to, to, it to do it could be to do anything, whether that's to lash out or to become defensive. Or if I feel overwhelmed and, and I want to avoid or numb out my emotions, usually an overwhelming emotion is, is oftentimes it can be a trigger to do something that, that doesn't work if we don't have other skills in place. So the goal... I, I, I cannot underscore how critical this skill is. Sometimes people say, well, oh, this thing was life-changing. For me, I can tell you that this skill truly has changed my life and the lives of the clients that I share this with when they implement it. And it sounds like such an easy thing. Or again, sometimes we have these objections of like, oh, well, I don't really want to do that. Or, ah, that's just, I don't know. I don't get it. Sometimes people get a misunderstanding about what meditation is. And I hope that I've explained it in a way that's clear in that meditation is the practice that teaches you how to be present with what's going on. And we want to do that for the purpose. There there needs to be an application for this, right? The application. Why would you want to be present with what's going on? Because once you're present with how you feel, you're then clear about the messages your body is sending to you so you can actually get your needs met. You can avoid slips. You can avoid lashing out. You can avoid shutting down. You can avoid arguments in your marriage. You can avoid so many things when you can slow the process down, tap into how do I feel and what do I need? What is my body asking of me right now? Or just let me sit in the feeling and not do anything because feelings are not emergencies. I've had this, everybody has this experience, right? And because I've practiced this skill for so long, I feel like my ability to recognize my emotions is so finely tuned that very, very, very small things I can pick up on. For instance, if I, uh, let's say a recent example of I text a friend, I'm like, hey, I'd love to get together sometime. My friend doesn't respond. 
like we're texting back and forth about this and that. And I send him a picture or a video of something and he sends me something back. I'm like, hey, it's been a while. We should get together over the next couple of weeks and then silence. So I'm kind of waiting. Okay, does he respond? Does he not respond? And then I start to feel the energy or the emotion in my body shifting because a thought surfaces, does he not want to hang out with me? That single thought creates that shift in emotion because then it creates this level of uncertainty or maybe a a sense of feeling unimportant or like maybe he doesn't like me that much, which creates a feeling of sadness or loss, right? So that thought of maybe he doesn't want to hang out with me triggers this emotional reaction. And it's very subtle. But again, through the practice of paying attention to how I feel, I'm able to pick up on these things. And it's just a skill that anybody can develop. I remember I did an episode a while back, probably, I don't know, I can't remember what episode it is, where I had a conversation with my wife and uh, I, I recorded the conversation and she, I said, we were talking about feelings. She was like, do you actually like think about how you feel? And I was like, uh, yeah, I do. And she's like, I don't, I never think about that stuff. And I kind of chuckled and I think, well, I think many people are like that. If you don't think about how you feel and you're not paying attention to it, you're not going to pick up the little, little nuances that are so helpful in terms of being able to heal from addiction, heal from trauma, respond effectively in your relationship. There's so many things, so many, again, there's a ton of research that talk about how you can reduce depression and anxiety by doing meditation because you're not getting lost in these thoughts that are continuing to produce these feelings of sadness. And the more sad you feel, the longer that you feel sad, the more you're going to wonder, am I depressed? Is this just who I am? Well, for most people, no, that's that's not who you are. You're not just depressed. There's nothing wrong with you. So often people get caught in these negative loops of thought without them even knowing it. Unconsciously, we do these things. But once you start to become conscious of them by paying attention to how you feel, by paying attention to your thoughts and what emotion that produces in your body, then you're going to be able to respond to those things differently then just staying on autopilot, which leads you down a road of wanting to avoid or numb out. I can. I, there are so many different examples of how this is applicable, but I wanted to at least share the one with one of my clients who talked about slipping. I'll share one on, on the side of the partner, the wife who might be struggling if a thought comes into her mind about like, hey, he hasn't opened. Uh, so let me give you for instance. I remember again, working with somebody where she's like, whenever my husband and I don't speak or we're like not in communication with one another, or there's distance there, my mind starts to wonder if he's hiding something. And the moment I start to wonder if he's hiding something, I get terrified. And I feel just this overwhelming sense of dread, thinking, here we go again. We're going to go down the same rabbit hole. I'm going to get just devastated by the fact that he's not telling me the truth again. All of this is happening in her mind. That's not to say, so so in in this particular instance, he wasn't hiding anything, but if she thinks that he is, she's going to feel a very overwhelming emotion. And so instead of, because in her cycle, it would become overwhelming, she would get super frustrated and on edge with him and then lash out and accuse or blame him. And she didn't like when she did that because that doesn't feel good for her. She doesn't like to get angry. She doesn't like to lash out and lose her temper. She doesn't like to become or, or respond like a person who she's actually not. And so in this example, 
practicing being present with how she feels allows her to redirect her attention from her mind to her body and to her emotions, which helps her to recenter and stabilize so she can respond in a way that will be effective. So what did she start to do instead? Well, she started to open up and share with him, hey, I just, I feel, I just want to let you know what's going on for me. We haven't spoken in a couple of days. It seems like things have been a bit distant. I just am starting to feel scared that something is off, that maybe there's something that that we're not communicating about or there's something that you might be hiding or keeping to yourself. I'm just scared right now. And I just want to make sure that we're good. And so he is able to respond to that in a very different way than if she were to lash out and blame him and accuse him of something. Then he gets defensive. He pulls away. He says, I don't want to fight. You're blaming me. This is, I'm not doing anything wrong. You're the one who's upset right now. And he pulls away. That's their cycle. But instead, because she practiced being present with how she felt and redirected her attention from her thoughts to her body, she could focus on the feeling and then respond in a very different way. And so the last thought that I want to share with you guys is the how. So how do you do this? I would highly, highly recommend that everybody download an app called Headspace. It's a free, there's a 10 day free trial. It's like 10 sessions. It's a 10 minute long session. So you can repeat those if you want. It's like, it's a subscription based app, but you can download the free sessions and do those if you want to. And you don't have to get the subscription, but I would highly recommend that you download this app and you practice meditating, which again is just the practice of being present with how you feel. The guy walks you through the process of how to do it. And when your thoughts show up, because again, sometimes people think, well, no, that's just, that's kind of woo-woo or that's just not for me. My mind doesn't calm down. And I always say, well, that's exactly why you do meditation. If your mind doesn't calm down, then you you need to exercise your ability to calm your mind down. It's like saying, no, like I'm not gonna take swimming lessons because I don't know how to swim. The purpose of swimming lessons is to teach you how to swim so you feel comfortable. The purpose of meditation is to help you to develop the skill set to be present in the moment instead of being lost in some future or past experience that's not even happening in the moment that you're thinking about it. So if you download this app and you work on implementing this meditation, it's 10 minutes a day. You can do it once, you just like do it once a day, do it, you know, a few times a week, whatever you can do. But if you prioritize this activity, I promise you that you will see significant shifts in your life because this is what I see in my own life. This is what I see in the lives of my clients. And there's a ton of research to validate the power of being present in the moment so that then you can respond differently and actually get your needs met and actually have positive conversations and respond differently to your spouse or your partner, respond differently to triggers. And the more you practice this, the more fine-tuned your ability to recognize how you feel will increase, which then when you notice how you feel, then you're going to be able to talk about what's going on, which helps to connect you to your partner more. And so as you do this, keeping in mind, again, the quote from the beginning, that we don't rise to the level of our expectations, we fall to the level of our training. So this is a perfect opportunity for you to train, to respond and be differently in the moment because this skill will help you be able to respond indifferently because this is exactly the process of, like this is the outcome of doing this process.
So I really, really hope that you take me up on this. And again, it's a very small and simple thing, which sometimes people then overlook. But this is one of the highest leverage activities that I can that I can encourage you to do. And the more you do this, the more you'll be able to practice and recognize it in the moment, right? So for me personally, I'll, I'll share one last thing actually. So my personal thought, I used to not be able to sleep very well. I used to take melatonin every single night without fail because I just, I couldn't fall asleep. I just didn't get tired enough or my mind would be racing. Once I started doing meditation, I applied meditation to sleep. And as I laid down, instead of thinking about what I had to do tomorrow or what I had to do, you know, what I didn't do yesterday or whatever the thoughts were in my mind, I just started to simply take a few deep breaths. And as I noticed, as I breathe, as I took these breaths, I noticed how I felt. I noticed where the air was in my throat. I just noticed the coolness. Even if you do it right now, you take a breath, you feel the coolness on your throat. As I was laying down, I would, I would direct my attention to my head and felt the weight of my head on my pillow. <clears throat> Same thing with my shoulders, my legs. I would just kind of scan my body, breathing in, allowing myself to relax. And I stayed present with my physical experience. And now I can't even tell you the last time I've taken a melatonin. I don't take them anymore. It's been years since I've had to take some kind of a sleep aid because I've developed this practice of learning how to be present which then helps our mind to slow down and then our bodies can relax into sleep. And this skill is applicable in any area of life, whether you're at work or dealing with kids and parenting or in your relationship or with triggers or addiction or trauma. The more you practice this skill, the more you're going to be able to respond in the way that you want to instead of feeling like you're on autopilot, not really knowing what's going on and then ending up doing something that's going to set you back in terms of where you want to be. So I hope this was helpful. Again, I really hope that you take take me up on this, and I'd love to hear how this goes for you as you start to notice these changes. And again, the app is called Headspace, and I look forward to hearing your guys' feedback on this. And um, I look forward to again speaking to you guys next week as we do another episode. Take care. Wait, before you go, I'm offering free access for my podcast listeners to a course I created. So make sure you go to coupleshealing.org so you can get some tools to start the healing process individually and in your relationship. Or if you want even more support and you'd like to work with me directly, you can contact me with the info that's on that website as well. I'm excited for you to make progress on your journey.